At the start of another year of ministry, I am grateful for the partnerships that we share in the gospel, not only here among ourselves, but around the globe. I am grateful that St. James has a partnership with the Lutheran Church in Tanzania and Idunda. I am happy and grateful that this week, as we send, or I guess it was last week, as the children go back to school in any case, I'm glad that we as a congregation have provided resources to allow some children to go to school in Tanzania. If you are interested more about our partnership or about going to Tanzania, talk to Ken. He's looking to get a trip uh, ready for next August. I'm grateful that not only the Congregation of St. James has a partnership with Tanzania, I am grateful for also having served another church um, almost nine years ago now, uh, almost ten years ago, back in New Jersey that had a partnership also with Tanzania. The church there wasn't in Iringa in the south, it was in the Kilimanjaro region uh, in the north. And um, every couple of years, and before I got there, they had the pastor from that church come and visit with the congregation. As I mentioned, before I, I got to, Saint, to Faith Lutheran in New Providence, Pastor Masawe from the church uh, on the slopes of Kilimanjaro came and visited with the good folks in New Jersey. And he shared stories about the church, about a vibrant church, about a community that would gather together, and the choir every Sunday was amazing. And he talked about how when the people came together, you couldn't fit them all in the room. And they would stay and pray for hours on end. He went on and on. And my very good colleague in ministry, Pastor Mac, it got so embarrassing after a while that he had to get Masawe on the side and said, Pastor, do you mean to tell me there are no, there's no one in your church that's a troublemaker? Do you mean that there is no disagreement in your church? Does this mean that everyone in Africa gets along all the time? And Pastor Masawe shook his head. That's how the story was told to me. He shook his head and he said, Pastor, Pastor, the devil does his finest work in the church because it's in the church that the devil can do the most damage. Whenever a congregation is filled with conflict and disagreement, whenever people at the church go at each other, there's a shift in focus, and we misplace the gospel in the midst of it. Now imagine my, um, well, imagine what I was thinking when I opened the lectionary and I saw the text for the Sunday. This is Rally Day Sunday. I was looking for a text about Jesus welcoming the children. I was looking for a text about healing or about mission or ministry. And instead, this is what's assigned in the lectionary for today. 
a text about conflict and resolution, about working together, about being the church in the harder times so that the ministry of gospel of Jesus Christ can be made known. The passage makes no bones about it. The church is not exempt to conflicts and disagreements just because we gather in Jesus' name and worship and sing songs of praise to God does not mean we stop being people at the door. And it was real conflict in that early church that Matthew wrote to when he was writing his gospel. That early church probably in the city of Antioch. The Christians there knew what happened when people disagree in the midst of community. There is hurt and there is brokenness. There is something real that hurts at a level that is quite different from outside the church. He also knew that it was not something to be avoided. And here's where we have to take a step away from our Minnesota nice. Because avoiding conflict in the church is not good. Avoiding disagreements that we have with others in the church is not something to be pursued. Because you see, when there's that disagreement, it only gets worse unless it's addressed in positive and life-giving ways. And talking behind people's back in the parking lot may be Minnesota nice, but it's far from being nice. And it's a practice. we got to stop if we do that. But that doesn't happen. Good to thanks. Conflict in the church, though, is an opportunity for us to be the church at a place and at a time where other organizations might turn or run away. The church is a community of love in Christ has got to love each other enough to be able to walk through the difficult times. So let's take a look at this. The move in this gospel is towards reconciliation. It's towards not just resolution of conflict, but bringing people back together of forgiveness, of joining back together um, the places that we're broken. The steps here are pretty important. It first begins with going to your brother or sister And maybe the first step is even acknowledging that the person we have a disagreement with, oh, by the way, it applies to our regular life as well, not just conflicts in the church, but to the person we have a disagreement with, the person who has done us wrong is in fact our brother and sister. That's an important first step. Jesus invites us to see the humanity, the relationship in another above the hurt and the pain but then to work towards some reconciliation. And if we can't sort it out one-on-one, then we take others so that it might be a community. And a community of love and forgiveness might be involved in a process that brings understanding and listening. But if that won't work, you involve Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus is involved right from the get-go. The moment we see in another, our brother or sister, in another that we disagree with, Jesus is present and giving us that vision. But step three involves intentionally involving the church or the community 
or the leadership of the church. And in doing so, invite Jesus to be present, that the wisdom and the love and the understanding of God might be present as we sort things out. But let's take a look at this a little further. Where two or three are gathered. This is probably the most misquoted verse in all of Scripture. And I am guilty of misquoting it a time or two. You also often hear where two or three are gathered somehow connected to worship, right? Especially those Sundays in the middle of January where we have literally one or two people, right? Because it's real cold and it's snowed and the pastor's here and Kelvin's here and Jan's here and, and maybe one or two others. And we say, well, where two or three are gathered, Christ is present, right? Yeah, well, that's not the original context of the verse. The original context of the verse is in congregational conflict, when we have difficult times, when it's hard to sort things out. That's when the promise of Christ is most important because Jesus is present in our difficult moments. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes egos and personalities, sometimes the hurts, sometimes it's just too much to overcome in spite of the efforts that are made to bring reconciliation and healing and forgiveness. And so when that happens, we're told that let the other be to you a Gentile and a tax collector. Now the way that the Pharisees interpret that verse is of course, well, let them be an outcast. Get rid of them. Take the spoiled apple and throw it far from the bushel and don't let it back in, right? And that's how we process difficult people in things like organizations or, or, or business. We just get rid of them and we move on, right? Huh. But is that consistent with the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ? Is that consistent with the love of God? Well, guess what? No, it's not. And guess what? Who was the group that Jesus was accused of eating and sharing fellowship and love with? Yeah, it was the tax collectors, the sinners, the Gentiles, the outcasts. So you see, the gospel sees the folks where relationships must break as still part of the ministry and mission of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ, the church that we are a part of, the church that we're celebrating another year of ministry together in, is to be about the work of forgiveness and love and grace. It's not an exclusive club where the insiders have the inside scoop on God. Because we are here today not out of our own goodness, not out of our own smarts, not out of our own place. We're here by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, period. God has put us together into a community, not to be of one mind, but to be ourselves, the people who God created, and with a wonderful diversity of opinions and perspectives. And yes, there will be disagreement when that happens, but we are not a club of like-minded. We are a gathering of like-loved people by God. And welcome. 
Welcome must be at the heart of our ministry this year. Welcome to each other. Welcome to those who are beyond. Welcome and reconciliation. We do have to work through some rough spots, but let's do it together. Let's work in ways that are consistent and in alignment with Jesus's gospel and that love and grace of God. For we are called to be a community of grace first and foremost. We are designed by God's grace to be something different in this community. We are to work with differences in a different way, in a way that's life-giving for the sake of the world. So what do we do with this guy here? Huh? What do we do with the little devil that sneaks in every now and then in our doors and in our conversations? Well, let's not let him get out of control. Let's not let him have the last word because it may be true, quoting Pastor Masawe, it may be true that the devil does his finest work in the church because he can disrupt the work of God. But it's also true that God does his finest work in the church. And so let us be guided this ministry year by the love, the grace of God above all things. Let us be guided by a ministry of hospitality and welcome that embraces not only each other and our differences, but it embraces those beyond our walls, not to make them look and be like us, but simply because God loves them and God's at work in their lives just as much as God is at ours as well. Let us be God's finest work for the life of the world. Hey, maybe this passage isn't the worst one to start a church year. Amen.